return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Well, we're glad you're here today. God's doing good things. So stand with me just for a minute. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So I want to talk uh, in our time here. We don't have a lot of time, but just want to talk about a father's influence. Uh, let me just, so I'm going to hit some chapters and verses and so forth. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Eli, we know, of course, was anointed of God. He was a prophet of God. He had the Holy Spirit. The Lord was on him and used him and so forth. And yet, it says Eli's sons were sons of Belial. They were, they were, they were just wicked. They knew not the Lord. So Eli, in, in spite of the fact that he served the Lord, I just want you to know, serving the Lord is not automatic. And just because you love God doesn't mean your kids are going to love God. All right? So, so serving God, again, happens on purpose. And we plant things on purpose So here's Eli who loves the Lord, loves God with all his heart, but yet he never trained his own children, never instructed or disciplined his own children, and they didn't serve the Lord. Now Samuel, 1 Samuel 7, Samuel grew up in that atmosphere from a child. uh, When Samuel went into the temple and served, Samuel saw Eli's, Samuel saw Eli's sons. He saw the result of that. Samuel actually had a prophecy from God about Eli's family that wasn't so good. But then Samuel comes in Eli's place and begins to judge Israel. And he travels in from year to year from Bethel, Gilgal, Mizpaz, and so forth. And then he would come to his home where his house was, and he judged Israel, and he built an altar unto the Lord, and he did all those things like that. But Samuel also, now he's very busy with the ministry. And so it says in 1 Samuel chapter 8, then it says that, Samuel, when he was old, he made his sons judges, uh, the first, second, third, and so forth. But his sons walked not in his ways and turned aside after lucre, that's money, took bribes and perverted judgment. So here's Samuel's children now. They, They didn't walk in the ways of the Lord either, in spite of the fact that he saw what happened to Eli's family. And now here's his own family not walking either in the things of Jesus. Now, it doesn't, you know, I understand you can, you, God was the perfect parent and yet Adam and Eve sinned and fell. I understand that. But our part as a parent, we don't depend on the church to train our kids. That happens in your home. That happens around your dinner table. That happens by things, conversations that you have. 
And if we're so busy with a job or making money or doing other things, then we're going to miss out on what's really important in life, and that's our family. Say family. God gave you children so to be a blessing, but you have a responsibility in raising those children for Jesus, impacting them. The greatest lesson those kids are going to see is your life. Not just your words, but your life. Remember the old song? You have to be really old to know this, Cats in the Cradle. But the line was, I'm going to be just like you, Dad. And, of course, that's what kids are going to read. They're going to read your life. In other words, are you living what you talk? Are you living what you say? That's important for where we work, in fact. Amen? What if, how do people see you as an employee or a manager, whatever position you're in? How do people see you? Are you as someone with values and convictions? Or are you just wishy-washing or just like everybody else in the world? So they should see a difference, Correct. They should see a difference in how we act and react. Incidentally, let me just say this. and Think of all the conversations going on in the workplace today about stuff happening in the world. In particular, I'm talking about just racial tensions and so forth. Where is your stand in that? Where is your stand? Where is your voice? Where is your position for others to hear or see? All those things are important. Amen? They're important that people see convictions of Christ in our hearts that come out in our lives. Amen. All right. Let's go to first, uh, Luke chapter 15. We're just talking about the prodigal here, the guy, the guy of course, who left his dad, took his inheritance, uh, some of his inheritance. He leaves his dad. He goes off into the world, wastes all his money. You know that story. Uh, the, the thing I like about this, you know, so he, he's finally so hungry, he wanted to eat pig's food. Nobody gave to him. Look at the sign. No man gave to him. Now, it's interesting because he was not a giver. I'm convinced that when we honor God, he takes care of us. Bible says the righteous have never been seen forsaken or their seed begging bread. In other words, they never lacked. It doesn't say they had, they had tons of things, but they never lacked. Jeannie and I went through very tough things years and years ago. Very difficult times financially, didn't have a lot of anything, yet we never lacked. God met our needs all the time. But in this case, no man gave to him. He was not a giver. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a giver. Always important to be a giver. You're going to reap what you sow. Selfish guy, no man gave to him. But he came to himself. And I think this is interesting. When you plant seeds, sometimes, and this is something to pray for your kids. If you plant the word of God, like we just said, it's an incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed. But you have to plant the word. It doesn't happen by osmosis like, ah, they're just going to get it somehow. No, no, you have to plant the word, plant scripture, plant Jesus. If we do that, then we give the Holy Spirit some ammunition to use. All right, then, then people might be in a pickle, and all of a sudden there's ammunition for the Holy Spirit to use. Gloria had a, the, when her accident, all of a sudden she realized she heard all these things playing it from Dave's trailer house about Jesus. And then she thinks, and the Holy Spirit can use that then to turn your life to Jesus. You know, she'd been a Jehovah Witness, all those other things. Now she turned her life to Jesus. He is the name above all names. Amen. So you give your ammunition for God to use. 
His son comes to himself. And I think all of a sudden, I think, hmm, what my, what my daddy said, what my daddy did, how my daddy lived his life. He's got hired servants. He's got bread. I'm, I'm starving to death. I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. The issue wasn't just that there was bread there. Because he said, I'll come back and be a servant. The issue was what was planted in him. This father planted good things. That's what came to his mind. Now, also, he wanted to go back to his father because he knew he would find what? He knew his father's heart. And so he's going to find mercy. See, when we mess up, how many times, if you, how many times when you mess up, how many times you know it, right? You know you've messed up. It's not like you have to have it broadcast. Hey, he messed up. No, you know you messed up. You just know you messed up. It's like when we used to, we used to be downtown, we'd pass out tracks, people going to the bars. We didn't go into the bars. We'd just be on the streets. You didn't have to tell people they were a sinner. They all knew that. They all knew that. We just tell them about the love of Jesus, you know, that Christ came to save sinners. So, so here, you know, he knows his father is a father of mercy, all right? In other words, he's not going to hold it over. And, well, all right, we'll see if you ever become a son. I'm going to make you work like a slave. It wasn't his father's heart. His father had a heart of mercy, and he knew that home, your home should be a place of mercy. You know, mom and dad, none of us have perfect kids. Let's be honest, right? You ever read these Christmas letters and they're glowing like, man, this kid won this award and did this and did that and their angel's wings are out there. You just think they did no harm. Well, there's no such family like that. There's no such family. Of course, you put positive things in a letter. I understand that. But everybody's kids, including the parents, have issues, right? So you want your children to be able to talk to you, right? And when, listen, there's kind of, you remember how that is. There's like a season, like you can sit down, well, let's have a conversation. Well, they might not say a word, but then all of a sudden you might, might be late at night or you might be driving in the car and all of a sudden your son or daughter wants to talk and, and you realize, put everything else on hold. They want to talk. I'll listen, Right? That happened a lot of times in our house. I mean, Jeannie would, you know, sometimes be more, more of a night owl. And I'd go to bed, but then say, say the kids would talk and so forth. And then they'd have this great conversation at night. Amen. Or other times I can remember being in the car with them. And then, then all of a sudden they're talking. I oh, hallelujah. Turn the radio off. Turn the music off. Let's talk, you know. Or the grandkids. We realized that with the grandkids. You know, you can talk. How's school? Fine. Is that fine? And then all of a sudden, maybe they'll want to talk. Hallelujah. I had a granddaughter call me this morning. I said, everything okay? And she said, yeah, fine, Papa. Just wanted to talk. It's 8 o'clock. I was here at the church. And I thought, how sweet is this? How'd the games? She had some games in Ames, Iowa. How'd the games go and so forth? Talked and this and that. Your house should be a place of mercy because we've received mercy. Kids know when they mess up. Actually, parents know too. I had times when I told my kids, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I messed up. You know, they appreciated that. They appreciated when I was honest. They appreciated when dad asked for forgiveness. That's how it works. It's both ways, right? It's both ways. Both ways things happen. 
So, so the son comes home. You see the next verses there. The son comes home, and verse 20, and it says, so when the came to his father, but he was a great ways off. So his father is looking for him. We want to look to show mercy. Look to show mercy to people. Let's say it another way. Let's look to be nice to people. How about someone you don't agree with at all? But how about being nice to that person? See, we, everything in America is... I'm just talking America right now. I know this happens all over the world. But things get polarized. And people get... They join camps. And they're in this camp. And somebody else is in that camp. And, and, and then people stop talking. Or let's say it this way. People stop listening. People stop listening to somebody else. Or what their heart is saying. It's always good to be a good listener, right? So the father's watching for his son. He sees him. He has compassion. I just love that. I've prayed many times. Oh, God, give me, give me your heart of compassion. <laughs> give me a heart to be merciful. Amen? His mercies are new every morning, the Bible says. So every morning I've learned now, I just want to load up another bucket of mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for myself, but I want to give it away. You want to give away mercy to people. Show love to people. Someone you don't like. On purpose, there might be somebody at work that really bothers you. You want to look for a way to show kindness to that person. On purpose, look for a way to show kindness. To break down a wall. His father saw him. His father... Uh, had compassion and ran. What what a thing. You know, his dad wasn't here like this. His dad wasn't standing here, you know, and arms crossed, tapping his feet, scowl on his face. He was just acting out what was in his heart. And and his son knew that. That's why he wanted to come home. Let me say this. So many Christians have heard about God being judgmental and you know, he's going to get you. That's so sad because that perforates the body of Christ. And then people forget that the throne is the throne of grace. And when you go to the throne of grace, come boldly, you find grace to help in time of need. So what should that make us do? When we mess up, it should make us want to run to our Father. If we knew our Father's heart, and many Christians don't because... It's all twisted. People aren't in the Bible and they don't know truth and they don't know the goodness of God. And you have a lot of people still think something bad happens. They say, well, it's a judgment of God. Well, they deserve that. Where do they get that? From bad teaching. Right? It's like, it's like years ago, years ago when, when the AIDS epidemic started and people, Christians would say, no, God's getting them. God's getting them. They deserve that. I'm thinking, how pathetic. Where, where are you from? And these are Christians. I'm thinking, you don't know your father. He's not out to get people. He's not out to punish people. He's not out to kill people. But you had Christians almost proud. Yeah, God will God'll get them. You know, God will get the gay community. Wow. I don't want to identify with that. I will not identify with that. On purpose, I want to be known as somebody who loves God and tells how good God is to everybody. 
That's what's going to draw people to Jesus. Is that he's good. He loves them. People can be proud in their sin and so forth. But let me tell you something. Everybody has moments where they realize, man, my life is a mess. And then if they can remember by the Holy Spirit, of course, but he talked about the goodness of God. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll try Jesus. I I saw in his heart love. Maybe I'll try that. He wasn't like the rest of them. Maybe I'll try that. Wow, that'd be good. So his father, compassion, ran, ran to his son. He falls on his neck and he kisses his son. You know, you know the story from there. But I mean, it's, it's, it's like a fresh start. A fresh start. I've taught on leadership. Everybody's a leader. Some lead, you can see leaders in office or corporations or so forth. But if you're a parent, you're a leader. Or you're a coach. What's the best kind of coach? The best kind of coach is a coach that will teach and inspire. Isn't that right? It's like, it's like one time I, I, I played a game at SCSU and I threw the ball and it got intercepted. And I come off the field and the coach is upset. We had a, our coach was terrible. He was cuss and swear and so forth. And he said, what'd you throw to him for? And I said, do you think I tried to? Hello? How stupid. What a stupid question. Like, oh yeah, I wanted to throw to him. I wanted to lose the ball and throw to him. Of course I didn't want to throw to him. You know, I didn't see him. So, so I thought I was throwing to our guy and it got intercepted. So how you coach and teach people is important. How you coach and teach your children is important. How you coach people at work is important. How you coach a classmate is important. Let's go back in the book of Luke a second. Luke chapter 6. I like these verses. Verse 35, when Jesus said, love your enemies and so forth. But then he said, you'll be the children of the highest. And notice it says, I've said this many times, but we have to let it sink into our hearts. You should underline this in your Bible. You should put a star, put a date or something, get a revelation. For God is kind. Your father is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Now, folks, this in red letters, what Jesus said, you can't get anything clearer than this. Let's wipe out this Old Testament judgment business because we're not living in the Old Testament. Okay? So your father, no matter what kind of mess up you've had, he's going to be kind to you. He's going to be kind to people. Is that right? He is kind, now notice, to the unthankful, and he's kind to the evil. Whether you realize it or not today, folks, there are terrorists getting saved in the Middle East. And we know people in the Middle East who are showing the love of Jesus. I, I read their stuff. It's all private because we can't post it because they, their identity can't come out. But it's remarkable. They're teaching, they're teaching English and so forth. And then they're bringing stuff, maybe resources to help families in need. And in the middle, they speak fluent Arabic and, and look Arabic and so forth. But they're Holy Ghost Christians, and they're reaching people with the love of Jesus. And it's remarkable. It's remarkable what God is doing. And it's all because they know who their father is. He is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. 
Folks, there's terrible, 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 unthinkable. I don't even want to imagine the things going on in the world today. And yet our God is kind to them because Christ already died for their sins. Paid the penalty for them to know him. So he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Believing, believing, believing to their last breath. That they'll get saved. That they'll call upon his name. (laughs) That's the kind of father we have. Wow. Tremendous. So he says, therefore, he says, you be merciful. You be merciful. Turn to your neighbor and say, you be merciful. (laughs) Turn to him again and say, show more mercy. (laughs) We must grow in mercy. Every Christian, not talking the world, I'm talking the Christians, every Christian must grow in mercy because we serve a God of mercy. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Amen? I mean, these things are really important. It's down to our character. Let's go to Ephesians quick a second. Ephesians says, honor your father and mother, all right? So, so children obey, follow their parents. Now listen, if, you're, if, you're, if we give an example, it's not hard to follow someone if they're living the life, right? So, so you, you lead by example, obey, honor your father and mother, the first commandment of the promise, that it may be well, there's the promise, it may be well with you, and you may live along in the earth. So promise when you honor your father and mother. My father and mother, when I got saved, didn't like me. But still, I continued to witness with, to them. My mother passed away first, and she gave her life to Jesus before she died. And uh, later, my dad, uh, I'd travel. I'd honor him by driving to Iowa and to see him in the nursing home in northwest Iowa. I'd sit down and visit with him, and he didn't have a lot of words. I said, now, Dad, I drove all this way to visit. Yep, yep. Not hardly anything at all. There was times I was there half an hour, turn around, drive all the way back. Didn't want to talk. But it's just like the Lord said, no, honor him. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And we did that a long time for years. And, and uh, uh, but one day, you know, there's times we did have conversations, of course. But one day, he, he prayed and gave his life to Jesus and accepted Christ and felt peace with the Lord. It's really remarkable because he couldn't, still he was in a wheelchair, he couldn't see or anything like that. And all his life he lived contrary to the gospel. And I just thought, Lord, you're so good. I mean, now he gets to go to heaven just like me. You know, and, and I just thought, you're so good, Lord, you know. And, and so he lived a little while longer before he passed away, but it was very powerful. Jesus said in John 14, he says, if you want to see the Father, look at the Son. So, so if you want to, if, this is important because what's God like? This would be a classic question, a philosophy question. What's God like? What's he like? How's he acting? And for many, many Christian churches who have a perverted image of God the Father because they see a God of harshness and judgment and so forth and law. But Jesus said, now, if you want to see the Father, because Philip was saying, show us the Father. And he says, I've been with you a long time, Philip. We've been talking about this, you know. And he says, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. Well, what did, how did Jesus act to people? How did Jesus treat people? Remember the story, even the woman caught in the very act of adultery. Of course, they didn't bring the man, 
But obviously it's a setup so they're watching the couple having sex. Okay, let's go get her now. Let's bring her to Jesus because she's caught in the act of the very act of adultery. So they bring her and throw her down and, and so forth. And he says, the law says that she should be stoned to death. That's the law. Yeah, okay. So Jesus writes in the ground. Doesn't ever say what he writes, but it does say he did it twice. It does say that, that from the eldest to the youngest, they all left. You can hear the rocks clunk, dropping, you know, because he's pointing out sins. Whose sins is he pointing out? Of course, they're, they're justifying this woman deserves death. And he's pointing out their sins by the Holy Ghost. And they're all leaving. And finally, nobody's there. I can picture the rocks dropping around. And he says, where are your accusers? And he said, they're not here. And he says, I don't accuse. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. That's how Jesus treats people. He doesn't want us to live in sin. All right doesn't condone sin, but he wants us to come to him and live this new life that he offers. So Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus is the express image of the Father. So again, Jesus said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So John 1.3, he's the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. So Jesus Christ He's like this image of the Father. What's the Father like? I see Jesus. Oh, man, I see something good. And, of course, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I see something good there. How he loves me, how he gave, he, he purged our sins. Sat down on the right hand of the Father, praying for me and for you. He loves us. So then in Hebrews, it goes on the next chapter, Hebrews chapter 2, that when it talks about Jesus, that he that sanctified and they who are sanctified, now Jesus sanctifies, all right, and we're the ones who are sanctified, says are all one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So here's a revelation now of family. Because the one who sanctified us, who gave his life for us, who redeemed us, and now we're the ones, the beneficiaries, but now, he says, you're family now. We're, we're of the same bloodline. And so we belong together. I mean, think, think of this. Even, even think of this when you think of multicultural things and so forth. This is all dress rehearsal for heaven. <laughs> heaven, heaven is people populated from all over the world. And we're all at the foot of the cross. All washed in the blood of Jesus. That makes us family. Well, that's how you should treat people then, right? You should begin to treat people like family. The golden rule. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. How do you, how do you want people to treat you? That's how you should treat them. But what do most people say? Well, that's not, they said this and this and this. It doesn't matter what they said. The action is you first. Love, love us first. So you do unto them. It not matter what they say. You go love them. You go bless them. You go be nice to them. So Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm not ashamed to call them brethren. So now we have to have this revelation that we have a family heritage. Now I have a natural family and you have a natural family. But now we have a spiritual family and we have a heritage. And this is very important. Because otherwise, we as Christians won't act like we're supposed to. We're products of our upbringing. We're products of what's been inputted, inputted into us. 
so, so that we act like mom and dad or we act like everybody else. No, no, no. Now we're a product of our heavenly family. Jesus Christ actually calls us a brother. <laughs> same family, same father. And now we have a family heritage. So Jesus, if you look at the words of Jesus, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so forth, you're going to see many times he, he, when he spoke of his father, he included us in what he said. Let's look at, look at this second, Matthew chapter 5, or Matthew 6 a second, excuse, excuse me. It says, when you pray in your closet, shut the door, pray to your father. Notice it's your father. Your father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. All right? So he's saying you're praying to your father. He knows your needs, but he'll reward you openly. Say, my father. Okay, so my father and your father, we have the same dad, spiritually. All right? And so our father then gives us this image, and this image is good. It's an image of love and mercy and grace. So Jesus taught in Matthew 6, then, verse 9, the whole Lord's Prayer, he, he said, he teaches us to pray. He said, teach us to pray. And he says, so I want you to pray this way. I want you to pray, our Father. He said, he said I don't want you to pray, oh God in heaven, the most holy, holy, severe, judgmental. No, no, no. I want you to pray to your Father, my Father, our Father. Now, this is taught in probably every denomination. All of you probably learned it many years ago. And yet most people don't stop to think about the fact that you're family now. So you're praying to our Father, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. So the revelation has to come that he's our Father. I have a new, I have a new family. I have a new background. I have new DNA, spiritual DNA. I have new blood. We go, we go forward, Matthew chapter 7. And Jesus says, when you ask, ask, seek, and knock, and so forth, and he says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So this Father's in, this, this Father, our Father, has to influence our hearts. So you have a relationship. So in my kids, growing up and so forth, they didn't, they didn't come and say, oh, Dad, I beg of you for the, the keys of the car. Or I beg of you, could I get a bicycle? Or I... They didn't walk up in the kitchen. Can I have some bread? Can I, can I have something to drink? No, I mean, the kids knew that the house was their house. Actually, it still is. So if the kids come around, they don't knock on the door. Anybody home? Anybody going to answer? No, they just walk the door and they walk in. They walk the fridge. Hey, I want a Diet Coke. Thanks, Dad. Because, because they know it's theirs. Hey, thanks for the apple. I'll need that too. Thanks. It's, it's, it's theirs for the picking. It's their house. I'm their father. So they're not looking at me like, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute here. That'd be two bucks. They don't look that way. They just don't look that way at all. You know, I mean, they, they know me, right? That's, isn't that how, I hope it's that way in your house, right? Amen. Now, I understand, let me just 
little quick P.S. I understand if it's 4 o'clock and the kids want anything, you don't say, no, no, you tell them, no, supper's coming, wait. I understand that. Okay, a little preface there. But otherwise, your family, you expect those things. You expect that because it's, it's like this is our house and this is our home and this is how we live. Of course, now as we get older, now we go, they have houses. Hey, you got any Diet Coke? Look in the fridge, you know, now it's being reciprocated. Help yourself, Dad. You know, cup of coffee? Help yourself, Dad. So, so you see, but it's a relationship. There's a relationship. Our revelation has to be in how good our God is. Your Father, we're imperfect, but yet your Father, it says how, uh, we, we give good gifts, how much more... How much more your Father who's perfect shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to those that ask Him? You don't have to beg Him, but ask Him just means we're praying. We have a relationship. So I think we have to just have our image, image grow, amen? Our image grow to see how good He is. Let me, let me do one more. Jennifer, I want to go to the last one, John 20. Jesus, when he, when he dies, he's risen from the grave, and now he's going to be ascended up on high. And, and he said initially, don't touch me here, because he still had to go to the Father. But he says, go tell my brethren. And he said, I ascend to my Father and your Father. And I'm going to my God and your God. That takes a revelation. Because if we have that revelation, then we have this revelation. First of all, I'm family, but that he's good, he's merciful. And more and more folks, and I know I'm changing all the time. Things are filtering in me to have his character, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, I can say my Savior and so forth, but also my brother, my father, to have his character. He's a heart of mercy. So he says, I'm going to ascend to my father and your father. See the revelation? Amen? There's got to be a connection here. Get this connection. Help us, Holy Spirit. To, to my God and your God. For us, then, to care about people, love people, minister to people, then we can be his people <laughs> and be proud to be his people. And quite honestly, sometimes, folks, I see Christians and I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed and they're part of my body. They're part of the body of Christ. But I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by how they act and the things they say. And if I have an opportunity, I will speak up to say, no, I don't, I'm not that way. I don't agree, don't agree with them. <laughs> not in their court. Because, because we need to stand out. We need to distinguish ourselves. No, I'm, I'm a lover of Jesus Christ. If I'm a lover of Jesus, I'm a lover of people. Amen? i got to care about people. So let's lift our hands here just a second. Father, break old chains of thinking. Break old images that we've had of what you're like. And Lord, we pray for renewal in our minds through your word that, Lord, we're part of your family. We thank you for your influence in our lives today. Father, thank you for your influence in our lives. That, Jesus, we would be like you. We thank you for breaking chains from the past, chains from our old nature and so forth, and chains even that came from our families, from our parents that weren't good. We thank you for breaking those in the name of Jesus. 
And we claim your attributes, Lord God. We claim your attributes. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit, for love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, meekness, faith. Father, we thank you for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I thank you for blessing men and women here today, boys and girls, blessing people in, in countries overseas and other places, Lord, facing very difficult situations. But we bless you. We bless you across the world in the name of Jesus. We bless you and we, we pray for you that your faith would not fail, but you would be strong. Hold on to Jesus. Keep trusting in him. And we thank you for revival here. Lord, as we say here on our planet, we thank you for revival, Lord Jesus, working in our hearts. Lord, we give you praise for this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day again to all you men. And uh, bless, bless one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.